hail and farewell to Stefan Tuit. I mean that in every best way possible. Eight years in the NFL, all of them in Pittsburgh, most of them playing at a very high level and throughout just a complete class act and somebody I personally really enjoyed being around. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steph stole all the headlines yesterday from OTAs and anything else that would have been related to this franchise, and that's as it should be. This was a pretty impressive career that was ended by a family tragedy, ultimately, with the hit-and-run death of his brother Richard Bartlett, something from which Steph himself clearly didn't recover. And on top of that, he was known to be dealing with a lingering knee issue. We might never know exactly what happened or why, but really, it doesn't matter. You know, straying from football here, all that matters in this life is health and happiness, probably in that order, because without the first one, you know, the second one's kind of tough. And if you have the first one, the second one is easily the most noble and worthy pursuit. We're not here for all that long. We're certainly not here for so long that we can say, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to be miserable for a few more years or not as happy as I could be for a few more years, but I'll eventually get around to it. Why? Why? We got one crack at this. One crack at being as happy as we can be. And all you need to know about Steph's decision is that in 2020, the pandemic year, with no fans in the seats and all that other stuff, he was every bit as great, not good, not very good, as great as Cam Hayward was on that same defense. It was the best football of Stefan Tuitt's career, the last time we saw him on the field. And he's currently... 29 years old, and he was, until this retirement announcement, in a place where he could have come back here, where he was familiar, where he'd be playing a sport that he loved for $9 million. And instead, he opted to spend time with his family, with his mother, who witnessed the hit and run, and to go back to school at Notre Dame. He chose that. He chose that outcome over one in which he would have continued making a bazillion dollars to be great at football. And you know, and I know he'd have come back and been, if not what he was in 2020, still really, really impressive. He chose that. That means that he saw the road he took as the one that would make him the happiest. To me, that's the beginning and the end of his decision. 
But for the football team, it's the beginning of finding a replacement. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Nine million in cap space is a lot. If it's closer to 20 million in total, meaning accounting for what was already there, and if Omar Khan goes by Kevin Colbert's old policy of making sure that he enters every NFL season with five million stashed in his pocket, you're still sitting on a lot of cash that can get you a whole lot of defensive line help, not to mention addressing other positions that are needed. I'd still like to see a running back two. I'd still like to see an outside linebacker three. And let's remember as well that Minka Fitzpatrick needs to be signed to a long-term contract this year, however it is that that plays out through capology. The free agency market for potential replacements for Steph is exactly what you would expect that it would be in the beginning of June. There isn't much there. That doesn't mean the Steelers don't have options. No one ever likes to talk about trades when it comes to football, but they do happen. There are players on other teams, maybe a little bit down their depth charts, that could help in Pittsburgh. But the most likely solution, as I see it, maybe not the one I'd favor, but the most likely is, in fact, internal. It's not super exciting in large part because at least a couple of the names I'm about to mention participated in that horrific display in Minneapolis last year, after which everyone not named Cam Hayward should have been rocketed into the hot sun. But let's also remember that Tyson Alualu is back and healthy, and based on the conversation he and I had earlier this week, hungry to make up for the lost 2021, and there are other candidates within what's already here. Chris Wormley is one of them. He's one of the first that comes to mind. He he doesn't excite me. He's, he's too inconsistent. If the Steelers could have the version of Wormley that plays against the Ravens, his old team, after Mike Tomlin suitably fires him up for specifically that occasion, that'd be wonderful, but that's not what we see from Wormley. If the Steelers were lacking at nose tackle specifically, I'd feel pretty good about having Montrevious Adams step up into a higher and more prominent role, but that's not the case with Alualu back. It's just not. Adams if anything, is going to be either a backup or someone who spells a Lualu, but it's not going to be one of those guys going out there to take 91 spot. That wouldn't make any sense. Isaiah Loudermilk is an interesting case in that the Steelers, in particular Kevin Colbert, love him as a run stopper. But run stopping isn't, you know, everything in the NFL, certainly not in 2022. And let's remember that what's lost the most by not having to it around is 
that extra option to go after the quarterback with the double-digit sacks that he produced the last time we saw him. And there's a couple other fringe guys, and there's also DeMarvin Leal, who's the third-round pick out of Texas A&M that the Steelers just made. And Leal is kind of the opposite of Loudermilk in that he's principally a pass rush guy who hasn't done a whole lot of run stopping, didn't need to do a whole lot of run stopping in college, and is seen almost universally as being more of a project type of guy. Now, if you take all of those players that I just mentioned to you and you Frankenstein them into one guy, you might really be onto something. But you can't do that. So I'd be very surprised if Omar Khan, in his first really big challenge as GM, doesn't get out there and aggressively shop for a defensive lineman who can help mitigate this really, really big loss. When we come back, J1Q. portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped. Not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Rodney, who asks, Did the Steelers know of Stefan's decision prior to today? I have no issue at all with him retiring, and since I live in Indy, I hope to someday get his autograph and thank him for being a great stealer. Rodney, if you're asking in a conspiratorial tone, did the Steelers know of Stefan's decision? And if so, why didn't they let us know? Then I'm not going to get too engaged in this because it just really doesn't matter what we know and when we know it when it comes to personal things. If you're going to ask did the Steelers know and could it have impacted other decisions they made along the way? I would counter with at least a little bit of aggression here that they did put a third round pick into Leal, into this position. And in doing so, they made Leal the first defensive pick on their draft board, right after Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, the two biggest needs on the team, quarterback and wide receiver. I think that tells you that they were very serious about addressing the defensive line group as a whole through the draft. They also, of course, brought Montrevious Adams back. I'm sure that they did so in large part as Tyson Alualu insurance. But how would they have gone about replacing Tuit when a Tuit return would have cost $9 million onto the salary cap? Do you see what I'm saying? Like that 
money wasn't available there in some hypothetical context. It was only going to be there if Tuit was gone, and Tuit couldn't be gone until he retired. And not at all addressing your question here, Rodney, but just to throw this out in general, there's going to be people, fans, who are upset about this. And I get that, at least from the standpoint of pure football. It's a loss. And whenever anything bad happens to someone's favorite team, people are going to get mad, but they also want to find somebody to get mad at. And that just isn't going to materialize here. It isn't. Steph handled this to the best of his ability. The Steelers, across the board, handled this not only well, but with class. Meaning that they gave Steph every opportunity to come back from that family tragedy and be part of their team. That's the way you want your favorite football team to behave. And now, today, as we sit here, it's the 2nd of June. There's an awful lot of time between now and when that football flies at Paul Brown Stadium. A lot of players will become available. A lot of players that we don't think are available will become known to be available. And the one hardest part of the process for a team to achieve whenever pursuing a top-level talent is already in place. That, of course, meaning the salary cap space. Sure, it's going to be a challenge, but it's not a challenge that has to be met tomorrow. Defensive end or anywhere on the interior defensive line is not like quarterback. It doesn't take months and months and months to learn the playbook. Montrevious Adams showed up out of nowhere in midseason and looked better than anyone else the Steelers had had at nose tackle after losing a Lulu. Why? Because he just puts you out there and say, go play football. This can and will be solved. And I'm going to repeat, I don't think it'll be internal. I appreciate the question, Rodney. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.